When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Some games are alright, some games are good, some games ascend to greatness, whether it's a personal story, a cup final, or fifth round replay, a nail biter, or a nine or eight goal humdinger, every game has a great story. I am Jake, as always from What If Football, thank you for supporting the channel, donating to this Patreon page, and this is the 23rd episode of the Great Games Podcast, an eight goal humdinging cup fifth round replay, Everton versus Liverpool from 1991. One of the best Merseyside derbies ever, one of the best FA Cup games ever. Let's get stuck in. But before we do, we'll be on Patreon as always. This is our first bit of Patreon audio in 2022. So thank you for donating to the channel, I guess. And we'll be back Tomorrow with the head-to-head podcast, Rude Van Story versus Thierry Henry. Not much of a head-to-head there, but stick with us. We'll uh, compare and contrast, as always. We've got Football Manager stuff on Thursday. Football Manager, Football Weekly podcast on Friday. And, of course, we're returning to the podcast scene as well with the Sports Social Podcast Network, as always. Wednesday, the return of the Naughty's Nostalgia podcast, where we'll be discussing... Obscure Footballers, round four. Who will make the Hall of Fame? Who knows? We'll be uh, returning with the Barclays next week as well with the 94-95 season. So without further ado, let's get stuck into this episode, shall we? The Great Games podcast. We come from 1991. Pre-back pass rule, as I found out to my... Well, not so much disgust here because the game was very good 
um, whilst re-watching this game, which is available in full on YouTube. So I would implore people to go check that one out. But first, let's go to 1954. Everton were promoted to the top flight, where they have since roughly remained. Liverpool, in that self-same year, were relegated. Everton were on the up. Harry Catterick was named manager in 1961. Meanwhile, in the managerial stakes across the city, a certain Mr Shankly had left West Yorkshire and gone across the Pennines, skipped Manchester entirely, don't want anything to do with that, and got on the River Mersey to Liverpool. Liverpool would come up in 1962. Shankly, of course, gutting the whole place out, renovating Liverpool, Anfield, the football club as a whole, really. It needed to heal. It needed to return back to some semblance of dominance. In Liverpool's first season back, 1962-63, there was a league champion from Merseyside, but it would be the blue half, Everton, winning the league. And Everton would win the cup. In 1966, there was this mini-resurgence in Merseyside, Liverpool claimed the league title in 1964, of course. And then in 1966, as Everton won the FA Cup, Liverpool won the league title. And surprisingly, it took until 1965 for Liverpool to win the FA Cup. How shocking is that, really, when you consider... They'd been in a few finals beforehand. I think this was the third or fourth time lucky. Of course, campaigns in Europe as well. By this point, we've got the Busby Babes. We have got even Burnley and the Spurs getting quite far in Europe as well. This time in the 60s, not in the European Cup, um, the Cup Winners' Cup final though, against Dortmund in 66, a banner year for, for Liverpool and Shankly. But the year previously, the semi-final against Inter Milan, which uh, ended controversially, let's just say that one. That's, that game is begging for a what if somewhere down the line and we will do it um, at some point. Now, in the 70s, the first league winner was from Merseyside as well. But again, it was Everton as they won another league title in 1970, which would be their last until um, a certain revolutionary manager came in the decade later. Harry Catterick would leave in 1973 and was persuaded into a non-executive role. But for the 70s, really, as... As Liverpool were on the up, Everton really had a difficult decade, really. They remained in the Premier League, or rather the Football League in the First Division. Um, but they were neither here nor there, despite Bob Latchford just scoring goals for fun. How they could have done with him, perhaps, sort of, maybe even now, <laughs> I mean, or in the 60s. Graham Sharp would succeed him up front for the start of the 1980s, but by this point, Bill Shankly had left Liverpool in such a drastically better place than um, how he found it in the 50s. And if there was ever, he's left the club in a better place than what he got it, Bill Shankly was absolutely that. You can obviously speak about his contemporary, Matt Busby, for example, Sir Alex Ferguson after, of course. So many more, Jurgen Klopp to continue the Liverpool-Man United theme going. And to be fair, Howard Kendall, but we'll get on to him in a minute. So from 1973 to 1980, as we came into the 80s, we went from Shankly to Bob Paisley as the boot room succession continued. It would continue through to Joe Fagan and then, of course, player manager Kenny Dalgleish after that. In that time, the 73 to 1980, Liverpool didn't finish outside the top two. It's an absolutely seamless transition 
from Shankly to Paisley, which is what I don't think any club have done properly ever. A dynasty manager being succeeded perfectly. Bob Paisley from Bill Shankly. You see it with Matt Busby. He retired in 1969. Man United get relegated in 1974. Arsene Wenger. He retires. Arsenal are in Europe. As we speak these words, of course, we all know what happened to Manchester United after Sir Alex Ferguson as well. This time, though, Liverpool didn't finish outside the top two in these eight seasons. They won the league in five of those, 73. And then Bob Paisley's first in 76, 77, 79 and 80. He left, Bill Shankler, this left with the FA Cup in a win over Newcastle in 1974. And then, of course, once he had left, Liverpool conquered Europe. They'd won their first European trophy under Shankly, let's not forget, against Borussia Mönchengladbach in the UEFA Cup in 1973, then beat Club Bruges in 1976 as UEFA Cup, and beat the self-same teams in successive finals in the European Cup. First Gladbach in 77, and then Club Bruges in 1978. Then, of course, we go to Paris in 1981. Real Madrid beating Alan Kennedy with the goal. Bruce Grobelar three years later on, of course, with the spaghetti legs against Roma to win the European Cup. A fourth one, of course. They take on Clough's Forest in the European Cup and in the uh, Football League, of course. Villa would win the European Cup around this time. Everton firmly outside looking in stuff. They wouldn't work, They wouldn't return to the European Cup, despite Howard Kendall coming in, winning the league in 85 and 87 and that's because, of course, when Liverpool had their fifth European Cup final, the Hazel disaster happens and English clubs are subjected to a five-year ban from European competitions. Any sort of competitive rivalry, any kind of, even hatred, even though Liverpool is not that kind of city between the Everton and Liverpool fans, especially after 1989, the, the one, really, even though, you know, you, you've got that rivalry between Everton and Liverpool, the football clubs on the pitch. Together, I think it's probably one of those more close rivalries in terms of off the field. Of course, what happened in Hillsborough helps that um, uniting of a city. And I think you don't have that anywhere else. Definitely not in Britain. Maybe in the world, maybe. I mean, you have Man United, Man City. I mean, not really don't have that. I don't think they have that level of respect with one another. Arsenal and Tottenham certainly don't. Um, and there's plenty of other examples. You can point to Celtic and Rangers, for example, but I'm not going down that hole. Um, to be fair, the, the, the testing point really for Everton fans may or may not have been that, that um, barring from the European Cup at the hands, of course, uh, from that disaster in Brussels, because Everton probably had... They had a one hell of a team. Let's not forget Graham Sharp, Gary Lineker as well, coming in for a, a year or two. Howard Kendall, one of the greatest managers, or definitely the greatest manager Everton have ever had, one of the greatest managers since since this time. They would leave. Everton wouldn't win, get a chance at a European Cup. Look at the teams that win the European Cup around that time. I mean, I think Everton in 86, especially after the, the Cup Winners' Cup in 85, they could have really done something in the European Cup, of course. We've done a what if on that. Go check that one out. Um, they were united as a city in 1989. Um, all that potential sort of 
angst that was of course gone um the cup finals i think it was kind of a fitting end um with the with the um situation as it was in 89 it, and the decade that had come before it of course more pertinently the hillsborough disaster in 1989 it was a fitting end to what was a dominance over english football between two cities between two clubs in one city You've got the 1986 final that Liverpool beat Everton in. You've got the 1984 League Cup final that Liverpool beat Everton in, of course. By 1989, of course, Liverpool still win the thing, as they always did, it seemed. Um, By this point, Kendall had gone, Lineker had gone. It was kind of a a good place to stop um, if there was ever a point. It was a... It was a city now, you see this in the game, if you watch the game, but there's Liverpool fans in the Everton end, maybe vice versa, I don't know. We can't see that end. Um, It seems more like this is more now a City United over what had been, let's be honest, turbulent few years um, for both clubs in terms of, you know, a a disaster at Hazel, a disaster at Hillsborough. And they went... Toto on the pitch and were um, united, I think, as one, as a city, really, which is one of the thing, the beautiful thing to come out of this. Of course, the Merseyside exclusivity over the title from 1982 was over in 1989 as well with Arsenal, so that signalled quite a good. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. End to that, of course, Liverpool's league title in 1990 was their last for 30 years. Everton, of course, since 1987, haven't won a league title. Regardless, going into this match, Liverpool, they were champions. They were in a title race, but they would lose it to Arsenal, ultimately. Um, a fantastic Arsenal team. Everyone remembers 1989, but 1991's team was one of the best in the latter years of the Football League um, First Division. Liverpool in the FA Cup, they got them past Blackburn in a replay in the third round. They got them past Brighton in the replay in the fourth round. So they're making a bit of a meal of it. Meanwhile, Everton couldn't barely have had an easier ride of it, really. Charlton in the third round, working in the fourth round. Only 1-0, they were working, so a decent job there, working. That would have been one of the all-time great shocks, I think, that one. Um, round five, of course, is where we are. Liverpool to play another replay after a 0-0 at Anfield. This was Howard Kendall's first season back at Goodison after um, he left for Athletic Bilbao in 87, of course, frustrated with the lack of European football, didn't do anything in terms of European football at Athletic Club, but regardless, he was back. The ban was lifted. He was supposed to take them back into Europe. 
we'll decide on that um, at the end of the show. But first, we've got a match to uh, to discuss, and we'll discuss it after this short break. This was the third game between the two in 11 days. Would they be able to avoid a fourth one over a fortnight? Who knows? But in the blue corner, we have got Southall in net, Atteveld at fullback, Andy Hinchcliffe, Dave Watson and Martin Keown also in defence, Ratcliffe in defence rather, Nevin, McDonald, Eberell, Sharp, Mike Newell, of course, Stuart McCauley, 1989, potential hero, was on the bench, as was Tony Cotty, Cotty playing some part from the bench, as we know. In the red corner, we've got Grobelau, we've got Heisen, we've got Burroughs, Nickel, Mulby, Ablett, Venison, Staunton, Barnes, Rush and Beardsley. Now, as you can see with that team, it's although there are injuries to Liverpool, there is what a team really that's close to the end of the cycle for Liverpool as we enter the 90s, as we enter the Premier League era, really. Everton, too, is a bit of a mismatch of Kendall and New Era, um, Kendall as well. So you, you do have Ratcliffe in there as a captain, you know, mainstay, of course. Graham Sharp, of course, but he's getting on a bit now. Mike Newell, the new man, of course. Neville Southall in net, the mainstay in net, if ever we've seen one, Andy Hinchcliffe as well. So it's a bit of a two teams. This is a kind of um, one last sort of as civilization collapses. This is the last sort of explosion, really. And what an explosion of a game it was. Absolutely ferocious start to the game. End to end immediately and just didn't let up for at least the first 35, 40 minutes. We tend to think of football now being a lot quicker. This game flew by. Um, Steve Staunton was potential midfield. Both players had players who could be playing in midfield could not... um, Staunton was firmly at left-back for Liverpool. Everton came into this game kind of pissed off, for lack of a better phrase, for not winning a penalty at Anfield in the first game. That ended nil-nil. And they jump on this immediately. Mike Newell, he never a penalty in a million years, gets kind of gets tugged. It's not a penalty now. It's not a penalty in 1991, that's for sure. Um, there's your cliche. Um, they ju- all the Goodison Park faithful, they jump on the first whiff of a shout, really. <laughs> and, uh, and rightly so, it's their want to do that, isn't it, really? Um, Liverpool, their focus of attack was down the left through John Barnes and uh, probably shaded the first quarter, probably shaded the first half as well. But for all the end-to-endness about it, um, the closest either side got was John Barnes hitting the side net in, um, that was in the first half an hour, I think. And then, and then the first goal comes, it was a counter... Kevin Ratcliffe mistake, um, Ian rushes through and goal, and you think, as an Everton fan, you must be thinking, oh dear God, here he comes again. But his shot is cleared off the line somehow by Hinchcliffe, who races onto the back post. Um, but the goal bundling, bundled in by Peter Beardsley. And Liverpool going to the halftime break here, they, they, they've got the better of the game thus far. Not a whole host of chances, despite it being frenetic and frantic, and 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 the game would descend into not fast, but it was just so frenetic. Frenetic, it was unbelievable. Stuart McCall comes on at halftime for fresh legs in uh, in a blue shirt here, and um, within three minutes, Everton a level. Hinchcliffe crosses for Graham Sharp, and his header is too strong for Grobelar in the net. So you've got then Everton now. Had a kick up the bat at the arse, really, haven't they? Surely they come out playing like Brazil 1970. It was unbelievable. And then Pat Nevin gets through, put through on goal. 
and he should put them 2-1 up. He lobs it over Bruce Grobelaar and it's just too much on it and it goes over the bar and Everton were dominating, but... And it's 1-1 here. Um, I think we should all know the scoreline for this game, but 70 minutes and we only get our third goal and it's a superb goal as well. Probably the pick of the bunch from the game. Peter Beardsley slalom through the Everton defence. A brilliant swaz, I think you'd call it now, wouldn't you? Swerve into the top corner through... Ne- it seems as though it was through Neville Southall, but the absolute the swerve on it is properly in that postage stamp as well and it's a fantastic goal. And to be fair, Everton, Liverpool dominated the first half, really, roughly on, on the uh, on the phases of play. Everton, though, up until that goal, were far, far superior. Should have been 2-1 up, um, you might say. Liverpool now, though, they had, they, they had the ball was in their cop. But within seconds, almost, <laughs> Everton go 2-2. Two, two, two. Steve Nicol and Bruce Grobel are absolute sixes and sevens. Steve Nicol attempts to pass it back. Um, somehow Graham Sharp's in there. He bundles it in. Um, absolute nonsense, Barry Davis calls it. <laughs> and it was. it was. It was a goal that you would not attribute with a team of Liverpool's quality, really. And the game as a whole, it's just chaos now. This is like this is the last 20 minutes we're talking, in normal time at least. Liverpool score almost instantly again. Um, a well-worked corner, Jan Mulby crosses it in. Ian Rush, bang, he scores a goal. It had been Beardsley too, sharp too now, Ian Rush. Inevitably, as it was, he always scored against Everton, didn't he? Um, he was in, but there was time for a third Liverpool were closing the game out and they looked as though they were going to safely do it, really. Um, if you hadn't known this match before, you'd have thought, oh, Liverpool very, very successful in the 80s, league champions at this time. They'll close out this 3-2 game. It was a bit of a hectic game. They're probably not their best performance, but they'll they'll win the game here. And then Tony Cotty nips in on the back post, substitute again, 89th minute, strikes it beyond Bruce Gobrela. And all of a sudden, we've got a bonus 30 minutes. It's like when you watch a a World Cup game and you just want an extra 30 minutes of uh, tournament football and this is what we got because it was a fantastic game of football and then John Barnes threatened as he was as he was doing for for so long John Barnes cuts in from the left and curls in another screamer I mean this is another one where I think there's not enough power on it to make it better than Beardsley's second goal but it is a fantastic goal curls it over and somehow it just loops over Neville Southall um and let's be honest, by this time, if you go back and watch the footage, the pitch is an absolute disgrace at this point. And uh, and maybe that plays into the fourth goal, um, the eighth and final goal in this game. It's a uh, a pass back by Jan Molby and Tony Cottage is there, snapshot into the net, 4-4, um, seven minutes to go. And we have rounded off potentially, maybe not the most important Merseyside derby, but uh, the most entertaining Um the most one of the most entertaining FA Cup games um, I've ever seen. Um, the, the easily, I think, I'm right in saying the most entertaining game we've ever done on this podcast. I think I can say that quite comfortably, confidently right now, um, and rightly so. It is lauded as one of the greatest Merseyside derbies ever played. Lauded as one of the greatest FA Cup games. Certainly one of the better replays. And this is the last game, funnily enough, despite having penalties. It's uh, UEFA tournaments and FIFA tournaments since 1976 with the Euros. Um, you may remember 
Um, some guy who's got a penalty for Czech Republic, who's uh, or Czechoslovakia rather, who's become quite uh, synonymous with that penalty. Um, since then, we'd had penalties. We're talking 15 years now. This was this is the last FA Cup game to go to a second replay. Second replay. Remember those days? I don't, obviously, um, but it's so bizarre. So when you've had that rule in effect, this would have been. It would have topped it off a penalty shootout in this. It would have just made it the absolute most perfect game of football um, you would have seen. But alas, we go to a second replay. Um, and for the news on that, and of course Everton and Liverpool's futures after that game, we'll discuss after this short break. We were heading for a second replay, but first there was instant fallout as Kenny Dalglish had resigned in between the replays, of course. The Hillsborough disaster was still overshadowing the city, not just Liverpool as well. And and I think the weight of that, it, it kind of took its toll on Kenny Dalglish. I'm not sure how many funerals he went to, but he went to a lot, a lot of funerals whilst being Liverpool manager. And to be fair, being a, a, a figure for the entire city, really. He, of course, he scored in Champions League finals or rather European Cup finals or whatever, won league titles. But for me, uh, speaking as a Man United fan, a hero for his efforts. Obviously, as a Liverpool fan, yeah, deified, deified almost. Oh, well, quite literally, it's called King Kenny. For, for his efforts off the pitch, for me, yeah, a hero. Knighted, should be. Um, I'm not sure if he is, if he isn't. Should be. For that alone, I mean, come on. In a time where Liverpool as a city, you know, was so overlooked and had such a disastrous, like, year, Kenny Dalglish was just what they needed. Um, and for Everton fans, I'm sure, even in spite of the rivalry there, they would they would agree with that, if not begrudgingly. Um, but should be in its totality, really, he was... A hero for that, and of course, um, that weighed on his mind. It must have done, and he's been talking here almost two years since now. And I'm surprised he went on for so long, given that. Um, but he would be gone, and Graham Souness would take charge, and Liverpool would win the FA Cup in 1992. They would be out of it at the fifth round, second replay here. Everton go through, they crash out. At the quarter-final stage to West Ham, and of course, we know the, the FA Cup in 91 was all heading down towards Terry Venables versus Brian Clough, Nottingham Forest versus Tottenham Hotspur in that legendary final, one of the best finals. Well, in recent memory, well, I'll say recent memory, we're now talking 20, what, 31 years ago, aren't we? So there we are. Everton wouldn't profit from this win, however. Howard Kendall would be gone in 1993. They had a bit of a subpar season in the first Premier League season. They would stay up just, just a great escape, really, you can call it, in 1994 with a final day 3-2 win over Wimbledon. They had that brief glint of light with the Cup in 1995. You got the late, great Walter Smith coming in to take charge in the late 90s. Um... And they've not won anything since. Um, Walter Smith dragged them to mid-table existence, really. Um, dragged them up, really, not dragged them down. Um, it was seen how far that that um, 
Everton had fallen really since this game, since the 80s, that, that their cup win in 95, eight years removed from the league win in 87, was seen as such a shock against Manchester United. Of course, Man United by 95 were, were dominating almost. They were on for three leagues in a row by 95. And David Moyes, he takes charge from Preston. And the first few years were a bit wild, weren't they? They had a top five battle, um, trying to get into the Champions League. Then a relegation fight, finishing 17th. Then back up to uh, finish fourth. Um, and that levelling out would be probably an overperformance there. Top five, routinely really, with Aston Villa and the teams of his time. But Everton's window... The tight budget as well, more um, more pertinently, that caught up with them. You've got the Villarreal match in the qualifier for the 2005-06 season, which was their gateway to return to the Champions League. Of course, they would lose that. And around this time, with what we called the top four, which was Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea and Manchester United, Everton were the only team to break that. Until when we can quite confidently call it a a big six, which was probably from the 2010s when Spurs qualify in 2010, City then do so in 2011. By this point, Everton's window was slammed shut. Moyes would stay on until 2013. Let's be honest, tight budget did an incredible job, did a fantastic job at Everton to get them where they were from, to be fair, probably the closest they'd had of success the cup final in 2009 as well ultimately the loss to Chelsea which showed again the gap between what Everton were then and Chelsea and there were only a couple of places in between the two but with Spurs City Abramovich and Mansour let's be honest Everton's window was gone and to be fair we had that little season with Roberto Martinez but since then Everton have been lower top half upper bottom half, never been in threat of relegation, just merely existing. And from a team that had, the match we're discussing now, 1991, being one of the big five is what they called it when when the Premier League was founded, to becoming also runs, obviously. Huge malaise. And malaise felt across the city as well in Liverpool in the 90s. We had Graham Souness tried to change a bit too much, won the FA Cup in 92, kind of made a rod for his own back with um, a certain interview he made with the son that, uh, not for his own, not for his own um, fault, but got published on the anniversary of Hillsborough, which of course um, went down an extra bit worse than if it had just done it um, on a random November day or whatever. And from then, his days were always numbered. Um, then from 1992, they, they didn't start the Premier League all too well. First couple of seasons were, yeah, kind of like what Everton are now, I guess. And then Roy Evans comes in, they win the League Cup in 95. They get to the FA Cup final in 96. And of course, we all know the Spice Boys, the white suits. But in and amongst that, even though that's used as a disparaging comment now, you've got a really good academy. Jason McAteer, Robbie Fowler. Steve McManaman, or rather Academy or Young Players coming in. Michael Owen and Jamie Carragher would come in after that, of course. Stephen Gerrard as well. But whilst they were maturing, Liverpool just exist like Everton, but only slightly higher up. Um, they do maintain a top half, a top seven place. They get into the Cup Winners' Cup as well, thanks to... Even though they lost the cup final in 96 to Man United through Eric Cantona's late winner because United had won the double, something that um, 
Liverpool had done 10 years prior in 1986. Because United couldn't play in the Cup Winners' Cup because they were playing in the Champions League. Liverpool still hadn't been in the Champions League yet since, of course, Hazel. They were playing the Cup Winners' Cup, taking United's place, get to the semi-final against PSG. And then as we get to the late 90s, you got Julia and Roy Evans in 50-50 charge, which could never really work, could it? Um, and then Julia takes... 100% of the power. Um, around this time, Liverpool were really in danger of continuing this. Also ran. But I think with Michael Owen, with obviously McManaman will be gone now to Real Madrid to win Champions Leagues. With Owen, with Carragher, with Gerrard, with all these new academy talents, Fowler, you had a team that was almost too good to just exist they needed such talent that needed to be playing Champions League football it says a lot that Robbie Fowler moved from Liverpool to Leeds in the early 2000s Leeds who were a team on the up Liverpool were on the threshold really but around that time Liverpool obviously Leeds in 2001 they would make the Champions League semi-finals would you rather have that or would you rather have a treble, I'm going to call it a treble, it's not the treble, is it? It's a treble, but regardless, FA Cup, League Cup, UEFA Cup as well. Alongside the academy talents that I've already mentioned, you've got Emil Heskey, fantastic purchase. Gets a lot of flack, massively underrated. Gary McAllister, bit of experience in there. Stefan Hunshaw had a huge hand, let's say, in the FA Cup win. And you've got Sammy Herpier in there as well. And winning that cup coincided with Pippin leads to the Champions League places as well. And that's really when you see Liverpool, obviously they get that brief taste of Champions League football for the first time in what was then 16 years. Then you've got them, obviously they take a few years out, come back, and then it's Rafa Benitez. You get a Spanish feel, a bit more continental feel, something that had happened to the likes of Man United and Arsenal, teams that were dominating English football around that time. That was now happening to Liverpool in 2004. And that was up until, obviously, Jurgen Klopp. This was the most successful, sustained period for Liverpool in the Premier League. It was built off the back of defensive, instructive football. To be fair, what was in style in Europe at the time with Jose Mourinho, of course, um, just slightly further up in the Premier League ladder, winning leagues whilst Rafa and Liverpool would challenge. It'd be one of them teams where they've... They, did, they challenge early on, then drop off by Christmas. 2009, obviously, the exception to that, um, which was probably Liverpool's first title challenge since the early 90s in 91, where we're discussing today, of course. And you've got players like, since obviously Jamie Carragher has gone on to cite that Rafael Benitez was the manager he learned the most under. Obviously, being a defender does help um, towards that as well. And in this time... As mentioned, they do become part of that big four. Of course, the Champions League win in 2005. You've got Newcastle and Leeds dropping off. Liverpool solidified almost. And um, despite Everton's threatening for a time, Liverpool, they did finish below them once in 2005. Don't think that's happened since. They come fairly close in that those administration years, post like nearly reaching administration years at the start of the 2010s. But I don't think... Everton ever finished above Liverpool, maybe in 2011. Um, someone have to correct me on that one. But ultimately, yeah, Liverpool win the win the Champions League on that one. So I mean, you'd take that, wouldn't you? Really, it's your only time finishing below your your uh, your biggest rivals in sort of Premier League history, almost. It would have been. Um, so yeah, that is the story of Liverpool and Everton, right from 
relegation and promotion in 1954 to the 2010s. Um, we'll be discussing a Premier League classic next week. Um, being a Man United fan, um, this might be a bit hard to talk about, but you I mean it's it's before my time and United ended up winning the league, so who cares? It's Newcastle United versus Manchester United from 1996. That will be next week on the Great Games podcast. Thank you very much for listening, for supporting the channel. And until next time, which we'll be delivering the head-to-head podcast tomorrow. Until then, see you. Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.